All right. Sunday, we talked about this past weekend, we talked about come back to prayer. Come back to prayer. And I encourage you tonight, don't forget that message. I pray that word stirred your heart, but it didn't stir it just for a weekend. It stirred it for a life's change in your life. Um, night before last, three o'clock or so in the morning, I wake up, and I wake up feeling halfway decent, and uh, I woke up thinking, wow, uh, God, do you want me to get up and pray? I'm like, God, I'm pretty tired at the same time. Lord, his covers feel real good. And uh, I eventually forced my way out. One thing about getting up at 3.30 in the morning, God's got your full attention. There's not very many people that are joining you at that time of morning. So uh, it was just kind of, I felt like it was just kind of like me and God. But uh, then again, last night at 4 o'clock, so uh, I don't know. What God's doing, I don't know if it's God saying, get up and pray every night, or if it's something I ate or didn't need, I don't know, but uh, it's, uh, I, I'm just excited about what God is doing. I'm excited about what God is going to do. I'm excited about this church coming back to prayer in a new way that maybe you have never walked in before. But all of us, not just you, but all of us walking in, a, in the Spirit of God and the anointing of the presence of God and praying uh, even as we go about our daily life and praying for wisdom and, and guidance and blessing and God's touch on others. This is a needy world we're living in, and uh, it's going to happen through prayer. Say amen. All right, Proverbs chapter 21, rewards of proper conduct and the problems of pride. Now, I have to admit, at least there may be people with pride that uh, are in our church, but to be honest with you, I can't think of a single person that I personally know of that demonstrates pride that uh, I would define, they seem to be a prideful person. I don't know of anybody in our church. Uh, maybe you slipped in tonight and you don't attend here. I don't know, all right? But uh, we are going to talk a little bit about pride because chapter 21 talks a little bit about pride. But uh, wisdom uh, is uh, just an incredible thing to pray for wisdom, to gain wisdom, to walk in wisdom, to ask for wisdom, and uh, uh, one thing this morning, early, I was praying about, I thought, oh, my Lord, we were, we've been talking about this, but God, I haven't even prayed about it. And so I started just praying about this one particular thing that we've been discussing, but I hadn't prayed about it. And I just thought, God, help me not to rely on my intellect or, or past experience or uh, God or wisdom that I, I, I believe you've given to me. No, God, give me a fresh word about particular needs in my life and in this church. Choices, all of us make them, the choice between wise and foolish behavior. Wise and foolish behavior. Every one of us are going to make wise decisions, and that's our goal, to stop foolish decisions and start going with wisdom. Uh, I've made decisions that cost us, 
that I, I thought was right at the time. But when you make a mistake and it even costs you money, what can you do? I mean, you cannot wallow in that mistake for the rest of your life. I've told the guys before, uh, and we'll be talking about coming back from failure this weekend, but I've told them, you, when you make a mistake, we need to celebrate that mistake. Um, I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about a mistake, a genuine uh, mistake, all right? And so celebrate the mistake because I don't want them wallowing in it. I don't want them to just feel uh, uh, terrible about it. No, I want them to celebrate mistakes. Why? Because you celebrate mistakes because you learn from them. And hopefully you won't make the mistake again. And you will use wisdom to alter the course next time. So the choice is between wise and foolish behavior. How many of you want wise behavior? Let me see your hand. All right. Truly want wise behavior. Okay. And um, so we're going to focus on this tonight. The problems of pride. All right. Arrogance is self-deceptive, demeaning, um, adhorrent to God. Pride is. It is the essence of folly because it disregards our utter dependence on God's grace and goodness for all that we are and all that we have. I mean, there's only one reason you're still breathing sitting here. It is because of God's goodness. If, if it were not for God, you would die within minutes of right now. But God's mercy, God's forgiveness continues to allow all of us to live, to thrive, to walk hopefully in wisdom instead of disobedience. Go wisdom's way and gain blessing. Walk folly's way or a foolish way or path and face tragedy. It is sad when you look around today, there are people all around us that you and I know and see and observe, maybe it's a neighbor, and, and their life has just been one bad thing after another. And they have walked in tragedy. Um, I'm not saying there are things that are beyond people's control, but I'm saying poor decisions, terrible decisions, wrong choices, foolish choices, on and on and on and on. And their life, they end up in the, uh, the twilight of their life. They end up 70, 80 years old, and they're just absolutely a shell because of all the foolishness and emptiness and the wrong choices they have made. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 14. The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways. If you're here tonight and you're a backslider, this verse is for you. You will be filled with your own ways. If you're backsliding away from God, making wrong choices, uh, practicing sin in your life, you will be filled with all the ways that you are choosing. So it then says, be a good man but a good man will be satisfied from above. So if you're a backslider here tonight, stop backsliding. 
I said, if you're a backslider, stop it in Jesus' name and turn around and say, what am I doing? This is foolishness. This is the wrong way. I'm going to walk in wisdom and the blessing of God. Say amen. All right, so um, the backslider in heart. His mind, his thoughts, his choices move away from God. His mind, his thoughts, his choices move away from God, not toward him. The good man, though, seeks God's way. All right. Uh, I didn't even do this at the very start of the service. But those of you online, uh, thank you for being there. We love you. We miss you. We look forward to the day we see your beautiful face again. So, all right, um, bless each of you. Proverbs 21, verse 4. A haughty look, a proud heart, and the plowing of the wicked are sin. All right, the plowing of the wicked are sin. Plowing uh, should be read as an effort uh, to cultivate, but it's not talking about cultivating ground. It is striving to cultivate or educate uh, the wicked. All right, to cultivate or educate the wicked is a can be a thoroughly futile thing unless they repent. So if you've got somebody you're trying to help and they just don't want to hear it, so then back off. Back off and just pray for them that God get them in a headlock, all right? God can do what your words cannot do. And if your words have become offensive to them, it's like throwing your pearls in front of swine, all right? That's scriptural, so I won't go there. But uh, anyway, so back away. If your husband has just shut you down, so I'm not, you know, I'm not going to church. I, you know, it's all right if you go, or maybe they don't even want you to go, and you're saying, but you need God, and things are bad, and, and uh, you need to get right with God. Listen, if it's making him mad, stop it, all right? Just stop. Go in the bedroom, close the door, and pray God down on his life. All right? I mean, get in there, bind the devil, cast out every spirit of whatever you think may be on his life, and pray that God would grip his heart, open his eyes, and soften his heart so that whatever it takes, and your attitude needs to be God, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Now, look, I don't, I don't believe that uh, God wants it to take something like uh, 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 a deadly disease. I don't believe that. But God wants to use things to draw that. Maybe God will use somebody else other than yourself, uh, ladies, not another woman, but another man, all right, to speak into his life and say, hey, bro, you need to, you know what you're risking? You got a good wife, man. You need to shape up. And maybe a brother or friend or somebody in his life. All right, so um, we do our best to reach out to those who are wayward and bring them in. Now back to pride. Shameful pride either keeps you from learning or puts their learning to further evil uses. So, pride is a terrible thing. Don't ever be prideful. If you reach a high and lofty position in life, don't be prideful. Because the higher you think you are, uh, the greater the fall to the bottom, all right? And uh, I'm just telling you, pride is a terrible thing. It stinks. 
People don't like prideful people. They, they love it when the prideful people fall. We're not us. We're, not, we're Christians. We don't love it, all right? Uh, if a prideful person falls, we, uh, we are not happy about it. We are happy if they repent, but we're not happy when anybody falls. But we pray for that person. And that is a beautiful time when they fall. That is a beautiful time for us to really focus on prayer for someone so that in that brokenness, they may turn to God. Uh, Proverbs 21, verse 8. The way of a guilty man. The way of a guilty man is perverse. But as for the pure, his work is right. The way of a guilty man is perverse. But as for the pure, his work is right. Perverse, what does it mean? Showing a deliberate or obstinate, ugh, obstinate uh, desire to behave in a way that is unreasonable or unacceptable. And I hope you're not saying that's my husband. Obstinate. No, I hope he's not him, all right? Uh, because if you said that, we got a verse for you ladies, all right? Proverbs chapter 21. I mean, Solomon is an equal opportunity employer here, all right? He's, uh, he's hitting the men, and now he's going to the ladies. All right, he said, better to dwell in a corner of a housetop, the attic, than in a house shared with a contentious woman. All right. Now, now not, he said, better to dwell in a corner. Not the whole attic, just a corner of an attic. It's better to even dwell in a tiny little corner of an attic than to be downstairs with that woman. All right? So Proverbs 21, 19. He gives the men, because he's teaching men to pick their wife correctly. All right? So then he says, better guys, better single men. He said, better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. <laughs> okay. I don't see any contentious women. You look wonderful on the outside. I don't know what you're like at home. I don't know if he sometimes says, I wish there was a wilderness to go to. And so, I don't know. But uh, what, is a, what is a contentious woman? <laughs> All right. Contentious. Causing or likely to cause an argument. A person who likes to argue. Provoking arguments. Quarrelsome. Drama. Drama queen. All right, so strife. Strife. There's strife, provoking arguments. So in other words, if you come out, down out of the corner of your attic, you're going to be involved in an uh, argument, all right? So it's just better to stay up there. That's what Solomon was saying. And uh, you better to stay in the wilderness where the sun is blazing and there's sand and there's uh, scorpions. Uh, it's better to stay out there than come home, all right, to a contentious woman. And thank God there are no contentious women in here. Say amen, ladies. Okay, uh, that was not very good. But anyway, all right. So uh, Proverbs 21, verse 12. The righteous God wisely considers the house of the wicked, overthrowing the wicked for their wickedness. All right, Proverbs 21, 12. Um, okay, the wicked not only violate God's ways, they outrage him. They assault the very character of a righteous God. Uh, what's going on in some of our cities? What started out of... of couple of two or three months ago 
what started out with rightful, uh, peaceful marches and attention being drawn to uh, abuses, and rightly so, no problem at all. But right in the thick of that, anytime uh, the enemy can get into something, he'll get into it. He'll get into a church, he'll get into a peaceful protest, uh, and then people go bonkers, um, and uh, things happen, all right? The devil gets in there. Just like when uh, Moses was up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments, Aaron was down there, and these people were getting restless and reverting back to their old ways in Egypt. And the next thing you know, uh, he's made a golden calf, and they are having orgies and uh, all kinds of perversion going on in the camp. And so, uh, yes, these people who sang and rejoiced on the other side of the Red Sea are now involved in perversion uh, around that golden calf. And so the same thing has happened in some of these cities, Portland and Seattle. Uh, there are thugs, there are, there are criminals, they are destructive. They, the news media is not hardly showing anything. They're still calling it peaceful protesters, and they are hurting cops, uh, uh, damaging others, killing people. Uh, it's, it's horrid what's going on. They are choosing the way of wickedness. Certainly not all, I'm not saying that, but now it's turned more that direction than the peaceful. And uh, yet, right in the middle of it, people are choosing. God's showing up. God's showing up right in the middle of it. And uh, the amazing thing is, there in Portland, God is moving in some areas there. And we've got a short little clip of what's taking place in one place in Seattle. They recently had a, a huge uh, worship service and, and uh, preaching the word and, and uh, people getting baptized in water. So let me show you just a clip. She just got baptized. There you go. Outside somewhere there in the city. This lady baptized herself, all right, so I'm telling you. And she is one happy camper, look at her. Oh, Jesus, 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 my God. Wow. Praise God. Yes, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. Amen? Yes, it certainly does. Okay. Um, the wicked, though, are, if they continue in their wickedness, mercy will be extended. But if they continue, 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 justice will fall upon them. In Proverbs chapter 21, Verse 15, it says, It is a joy for the just to do justice, but destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. Righteousness, just living, pays off in the present as well as in the future. Okay, now, Proverbs 21, verse 16. Love this too. A man who wanders from the way of understanding will rest in the assembly of the dead. Okay, we don't, dear God. Okay, the, the man who wanders away. Uh, if you're being tempted to wander away, come back, come back, come back, get back to God, amen? 
The fate of the fool is premature, untimely death. The fate of the fool, premature, untimely death. Uh, one of the major football player coaches I just saw today where it was reported his 30-something-year-old daughter um, died, and they didn't give the cause, but it was known that she was in depression, and depression can be a terrible thing. It's, um, it should be, we should pray for people in, in that state of mind, but uh, I just thought, how terrible. Young people are dying all around us, drugs and, and other causes, uh, the president of the CDC, you know, they've been so controversial. Uh, the, the president says that encouraging parents, put your kids back in school. The real problem is suicide and depression and drugs uh, with high schoolers and junior high schoolers. So he's saying that that's more of a danger than them going to school. And so across the nation. Anyway, Proverbs chapter 21, 18, the wicked shall be a ransom for the righteous. The wicked shall be a ransom for the righteous and the unfaithful for the upright. Okay. What a wicked or treacherous person plots for a righteous person. An upright person returns to his own fate. He, in fact, becomes a ransom. That is a substitute for his intended victim. Is there someone that's harassing you, doing you wrong? The Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And he says for us to pray for those who spitefully use us. Pray for, love our enemies. So our job is to pray for them so that they will not continue in their wickedness and fall into uh, a premature harm or death. So we pray for those people. Just recently, I read a news clip um, that said a man had shot two people, and I think they were still both alive, but then he ended up, the police are chasing him in a wooded mountainous area. He falls off a cliff that's like 50 plus feet and his line broken at the bottom of the cliff. And they were saying, hey, fate caught up with him. And uh, you know, God's, God's not into that. God didn't have the angels push him off, all right? Uh, God is a merciful God. But sometimes, I mean, there are, there are systems and things put in place in the natural world that happen as a result of, of people's actions. And so, uh, God help us to walk uprightly, say amen, all right? Uh, and just like, how many of you... Uh, like me, you love the book of Esther. Esther, a great book. If, how many of you, maybe you've never read it for whatever reason. Um, you didn't even know it was a book. All right, so anyway, it's a book in the Bible called Esther. She was an orphan um, adopted by her uh, uncle, who was Mordecai, uh, and his wife. It is an incredible story. You need to read it. It's intrigue. It's a love story. It's, it's a great story. And uh, Haman really hated Mordecai. Why? Because he would not bow down to him. And Haman was second in the kingdom. And uh, so Haman uh, went home all depressed, all upset. Here he is, the second man in the kingdom, got more money than he needs, more prestige and power, but because one little man won't bow down to him, he goes home moaning and groaning and crying to his wife and family. 
And his wife says, well, why don't you entrap him and uh, build a gallows? You can hang him. And uh, God saw all of it happening. And God loved Mordecai because Mordecai, uh, that's like you and I. God loves us. We're Mordecai's, all right? So we're the good guy in this story. So Mordecai, you and I, Mordecai, we, uh, we're praying every day. We're seeking God. We're trying to do the right thing. And, and uh, Mordecai one time heard two people that were going to do the king harm. And, uh, and so he reported it, and they killed those two guys, all right, for trying to kill the king. And they wrote it all down in the royal books, but he was never rewarded. And so the next day, Haman comes in, and he's got this charge against Mordecai. And, um, and the king says, hey, Haman, uh, what, what uh, should we do for a man? Now, let me back up, because the king woke up in the middle of the night like I did last night. He woke up in the middle of the night, had the, went through the library, looking through the books, found out that Mordecai had done this great deed and nothing had been done for him. And so when Haman came in, he said, what should we do for someone who really deserves the king's honor? Haman's thinking it's himself. Pride. Pride. How many of you, when you look at a group picture, you evaluate that picture, whether it's good or bad, based on your picture? How many of you, anybody do that? You're like, that is a fabulous photo. You know, all of them are smirking, but you look great. And so, you know, we're looking at us. I mean, forget the rest of them, all right? Um, at least um, I've known people that did that. All right, so anyway, uh, what, what are the rest of the story? All right, so Haman said, he's thinking it's him. So he says, Put him on a royal horse. Put the king's uh, scepter or whatever. I forgot all the, the entrappings. Put him on a horse and let somebody of uh, prominence walk before him and proclaim him through the city. And the king said, that's a great idea. I want you to take Mordecai, put him on the horse, and I want you to walk before him shouting out, this is what happens to a man that the king honors. And Haman just about lost it. But that wasn't the end of the story because Haman was invited to dinner by the queen Esther and the king, and he came, and he's all happy now. He was sad earlier, but he's happy now. And then Esther says, king, this man has betrayed me and my people. And Haman says, I thought it was already a bad day. It's about to get worse. And someone came and said, King, the gallows that Haman built to hang Mordecai, the guy that saved your life, they're there. Why don't you hang him on them? And so the those instruments of death that he had built for someone else, a righteous man, he ended up, and his sons ended up hanging from the gallows that he had built for somebody else. Well, uh, I'm just saying, when somebody is doing you wrong, pray for them, okay? Because they may end up on the gallows they're trying to get you on, all right? 
and you pray for them because we're believers. We, we want to see people saved and go to heaven. We don't want them dying and going to hell. Say amen. All right, so I'm going to give you one more verse, and we'll wrap it up. Proverbs chapter 21, 21. He who follows righteousness and mercy, righteousness, right living, right with God, and mercy, we show mercy to others that don't deserve mercy, somebody in your life that has done you wrong, they don't deserve your mercy, but because God is merciful to us, we're going to be merciful to them, right? We're going to uh, hardly even notice in 1 Corinthians 13, the chapter of love, one of those things is attributes of love is it hardly even notices when others do it wrong. Hardly even notices. Um, and so, um, if you're a student here, you need to learn this scripture, all right? You need to learn this scripture. You need to memorize it so that when you go home and your grades aren't all that good and your parents come down on you and say, Mom, I got a verse for you. Got a verse for you. Love hardly even notices when others do it wrong. Hardly even notices, Mom. Barely notices. Barely notices at all. <laughs> He who follows righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. We show mercy to those that don't deserve it because God shows mercy to us. We show forgiveness to those that need forgiveness because God shows forgiveness to us. Bow your heads with us, please. Father, God have mercy. God have mercy, God have mercy. God, I ask you to have mercy on all of us here. Lord, we've all made poor choices, wrong decisions. God, we've done it wrong. Lord, and yet, we know without any shadow of a doubt, we know that you can restore, turn around. According to Romans 8, 28, you can turn around. God, you hardly even notice because you are nothing but love. But God, that's the mercy part of you. We cannot continue on unless our sins ensnare us themselves. So Lord, I pray. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would grip us and turn us back towards you with all of our heart, soul, and mind and strength in the name of Jesus. And God, I pray for every person that's watching online. I ask you, touch them, minister to them. God, whatever they need tonight, if they are in a financial duress, I pray God for a financial miracle to happen in their lives. God, and when it does, I pray that your spirit quicken them to tithe and Honor you and start that practice in their lives. I pray, oh Lord God, if they need a job, you'll open a door. I pray for faith to be activated in their lives and rise up within them, filling their minds and their thoughts and their mouth with faith-filled words and thoughts. In the name of Jesus, God, may it be so. And Lord, for those that may be depressed, sitting there at home, Having been there in isolation, God, 
Wrap your arms of love around them, O Lord. Oh, God, may it be as though you're giving them a big squeeze. And Lord God, we here in this service, may they feel our compassion and care toward them. In the name of Jesus, God, and for every person watching or in this building that's backslidden, slipped away from you, making wrong choices, wrong decisions that are going to end up, Lord, and in chaos and ruin and maybe even, unfortunate, premature death. God, have mercy, shake us and draw us back, God. Draw us back, O oh Lord God, in the name of Jesus. While every head is bowed, please. Christians, you're praying. They're online. Why don't you, if you're a believer, you just pray that anyone in this building that needs Christ or anyone watching online, um, that they also would feel conviction if they're backslidden or they need Christ. So pray with us. And those of you with your heads bowed here, pray. There are people, no doubt, that need God or people that need to be uplifted. So your prayers are powerful. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much, accomplishes much. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Karatish. Yes. And across this building right now, if you're here and you're, you're backslidden, you're away from God, but you, you, you know you need to come home and you want to come home to Christ. If that's you, uh, or you're a first time, never accepted Christ before in your life, that's you. Why don't you right now just lift your hand high. Lift it up real high. Let me see it. I'm going to pray for you. Just lift it up real high. You're sitting here tonight. You don't know Christ. God bless you. Anyone else? Quickly, lift it up high. I mean, don't be ashamed of it. In the back, lift it up high. Lift it up high. You need Christ. Anyone else? Anyone else? Quickly, lift your hand high. Jesus, yes. God bless you. Anyone else? In the risers. Oh, God, almighty Lord, stand with us, please. My Lord and my God, in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord God Almighty. Now listen, we're going to open these altars, and if you need prayer for uh, your need of Christ to come back to Him, I want to encourage you. You raise your hand over here. Let me encourage you to come to this altar. If you're here and you need a physical touch in your body, or you're dealing with fear, or you're one of those that have been isolated and, and you just feel need a, a release in your life, then I want to encourage you to come to this altar and stand here and say, God, I need your help. God, I need your mercy. God, touch my life. And so, as Pastor John leads us, whatever your need is, you slip out and come. Stand here at this altar. We're going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, Yes, God bless you. Anybody else over here? You raise your hand. You need Christ. You need to get right with God. Step out and come. Let's pray before you leave this building. Jesus, my God. Oh, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Oh, my God.
that need to be at this altar. Let me challenge you. Maybe it's, uh, maybe you're sitting there, standing there, and you're like, I don't want to go. But there's something tugging on you. There's something the Holy Spirit, I, I believe, is saying, drawing you to just step out. It's like stepping out in faith. It's like making a move. Draw near to God. I'm not saying that God is not everywhere here, but there's just something about making a physical move that identifies with a spiritual move toward God. So draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. So as Pastor John prays, you can still feel free, even if you just come here and bask in the presence of God around this altar. He's going to pray. God bless each and every one of you. Have a wonderful and great week. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much, Lord God, for ministering to us tonight, Lord, and thank you for your word that's taken root in our hearts. We pray, God, that as we leave this time together, that, God, we wouldn't leave your presence. Lord God, I lift up those that have come to these altars, those that are reaching out to you, even over our broadcast right now. And I pray, Lord God, that the work of your Holy Spirit would just be so full and so powerful in their lives even tonight. Lord God, that those that are drawing to you for the first time, Lord, would feel your love overwhelm them and enter into their lives like never before. I pray those that are coming back to you, Lord God, would feel a holy strength, Lord God, on their lives to continue to run the race that you've set before them. And I pray, Lord God, those that are dealing with hard issues and trials, Lord God, that are reaching out to you right now. I pray that your peace that surpasses understanding would guard their hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you would be each and every one of ours under the sound of our voice, each and every one of our source, Lord God, as we face the rest of this week, knowing that you are God and God alone. We love you. We honor you and bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. We love you so much. Thank you so much for worshiping with us. Pastor Wayne is here to serve communion to anyone who'd like to take it this evening. These altars are still open. And if you are online and you gave your life to Jesus Christ for the first time, why don't you text the word SAVED to the number that's on your screen so that we can get you some information that'll be a blessing to you in your walk with Christ. We love you so much. God bless you and see you again soon.